All right, hopefully it'll take this time. I am uh, having some technical difficulties, uh, you know, lately, and I have no idea why uh, other than, you know, just some glitches that are happening out there. Um, so I'm podcasting and doing the Facebook Live at the same time. And so if it goes in and out, um, I apologize if you see this big fat steering wheel in the process. <laughs> it's just because I'm having challenges getting this in the right position to catch a signal. So anyhow, um, I know that I've been discussing a lot lately about living in the present, living in the now. Uh, it, you know, there's, I'm going to explain this a little differently tonight so that you can see really the bigger picture of the how-to. I know that a lot of us want formulas, but that's not what this is about. We're not creating a formula. We're going to step into something. And so uh, my, my hope is and my prayer is that people will begin to see for themselves. That's, that's, always, that's always Amy and I. We always pray and believe that people will see and hear something that will spark them to transformation. Because, you know, how many of you know, you realize this, that when we try to ride the coattails off of somebody else's revelation, somebody else's lifestyle, somebody else's uh, moment of faith, you know, or lifestyle of faith, or, or just, just journey of faith, it's not designed for them. It's for the individual. And so our hope is just to encourage, inspire, challenge in a good way, in a healthy way for you, provoke you to, to see and hear something and grasp something by the Spirit that will cause you to see differently. Because when the Word is spoken and you open yourself up beyond the critical nature to anything that you feel drawn to, then you're wide open for transformation from the smallest sense to the largest sense, right? And so we're in this moment of time, especially in America, but around the world, this moment of time where we, we've seen a lot of things on the news, right? We've seen some very challenging situations. We've seen some things that just make us cringe to the core, and I get it. I understand that. Um, and it's hard for all of us. If we're human, it's hard for all of us to take in and to watch. But to the degree that we're living out of the past or the future is what's going to make things either very difficult for us while we watch and partake of social media or the news media at large, um, you know, my, again, my camera may be going in and out and I apologize for that. I've had perfect signal before a week ago, uh, in the same spot and that's okay. We just bless the camera. We bless the technology. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so anyway, depending on the degree how we absorb and take it in and what it makes us feel like emotionally, 
is to the degree that we have some things that we may not even be aware of that are left unhealed and, and still wounded in our life. And that's okay. We're all in process. We're all in in different levels and moments and revelations and maturity and all of that. I get it. All right. We have blind spots as well. All of us. I haven't met a person yet that doesn't have a blind spot. And we can nitpick and we can point fingers all day long as to who and what those those blind spots are, right? And you know, it's it's one thing to um, it's one thing to judge somebody and to point the finger and say, "Look, um, I can't stand what you're doing," or "Look at you, I'm, I'm picking you." Look at that. I mean. You're only at that level, John. You're only at you're only there. Oh, we're way beyond that. Or some people that just don't grasp what is being said, and that's okay. You have to know that there is nothing wrong with you. First of all, it doesn't matter what anybody said in your childhood. It doesn't matter what any authority figure, spiritual figure, mommy and daddy, or auntie and uncle, or grandma and grandpa has said to you or about you. There is nothing wrong with you. See. The, the dark, shadowy, evil type of things in the world and our fallen state and our woundings and our egoic nature lie to us consistently and say that there is something drastically wrong with us. And so we, then we tear ourselves down and we nitpick when we look in the mirror. Or when somebody says something, we're automatically so sensitive that we go, oh man, they don't like me. Or oh, Man, I just said something and I have to go back and apologize and make it right. Everybody is on edge right now. Uh, and when I say everybody, I mean the majority of people because of what's happening on the planet. They're on edge to some level or another. Some of you might be thinking, well, I'm at perfect peace. Really? Okay, let's see what you're like under fire to the 10th degree. Okay, and then we'll see just how flawless and perfect you are. I haven't met anybody yet, and I've been around some amazing people that have had great levels of faith and maturity, and I can tell you that there's some flawed individuals out there. We all are, and so if you just settle into flawed, what I mean by flawed, there's nothing wrong with you. What I mean by flawed is is the way we think and our paradigm and our mentality sometimes. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means that it's, it's skewed thinking. And perceptions that we all dwell in and we live in and abide into our comfortability factor, our comfortability level, right? We all have that. And so it's important to know where that comes from. That comes from something that's happened in the past, all right, that hopes for a future and tries to live in a future or is stuck in the past. It never really knows how to be present. You ever notice that in your own life? See, when we can't be present, we make excuses like, oh, I just, I'm so confused, or oh man, I'm so distracted, oh, I've got 10 kids, oh, I've got three jobs, oh, the husband, just, he's, he's a wicked sinner, so, uh, you know, I can't enter into my righteous meditation, or my righteous worship, or my righteous soaking, and we come up with all these excuses, why? And, it, and here's another thing about excuses, is we'll do the same thing with like technology or knowledge base. So maybe we don't understand or have a knowledge of certain level or certain factors of computers, for example, or technology. So then we'll excuse it away. 
and will say, oh, well, you know, I don't need that computer. I write everything by hand. Oh, I don't need the new iPhone or the new Samsung because I'm good with mine. And there may be some truth to that because you don't want to spend another two grand to get a fancy phone. But what I've found is the majority of the time, people just don't want to learn that technology or they don't understand that technology. So they don't move there. And because they're afraid of what they might look like and, and look stupid according to what? Their past wounding and trauma because somebody made fun of them in the fourth grade. Or mommy and daddy didn't fully approve of or accept of accept who you are or who you were as a little child. And so we come through life with woundings. And then we come to Jesus and there's some well-meaning people out there that say, you know, once you come to Jesus, it's all over with. No more wounding, no more trauma, nothing to work through anymore because you be, all things have become new. You're a new creation in Christ and there's nothing left to deal with. So why go back and do any of that sozo stuff? Why go back and do any, revisit the past because we are brand new creations and everything's perfect and flawless now? Well, I'm going to tell you that is a fantasy land. That is an egoic illusion that people live out of when they make those comments. I realize that some things go flying out the window of our old life, right? When we have this beautiful encounter of awakening to who this beautiful Jesus is. I realize that a lot of things go flying out the window. A lot did for me. But did everything? If everything flew out the window of your past hurts, wounds, and woundings, and traumas, and, and, and immaturity... There would, there would be no need for discipleship by the Spirit. There would be no need for growth and maturing. Why not just float on up to heaven because you're so holy, right? In other words, the beauty is in the journey because in, in the journey, people see that we are flawed in our thinking and that we are immature, but there's nothing wrong with us. They may think there's something wrong with us. You may think there's something wrong with you. But the illusion is the ego says that there is something wrong and there's really not. It's just thinking, guys. It's just mentality. It's just growth. It's just maturing. Because, uh, put it, let me put it in simple terms. If my three-year-old, if I had a three-year-old right now, is in the three-year-old state or category of development, maturity level of development, I can't look at them and say, what's wrong with you that you're not in the fifth grade? What, is, what in the world is wrong with you? You've got issues, pal. And I tell my three-year-old that. What's going to happen to the three-year-old? You know, we do it all the time to ourselves. But then we, we look at the three-year-old. Say you have a three-year-old or four-year-old or five-year-old child. And you look at them and you say, what is wrong with you? How many times have we done that or you've said that to somebody out of anger? What is wrong with you? The illusion of ego will paint the picture that there is something wrong with that three-year-old because that three-year-old is not an eight-year-old like our ego wants them to be in the moment. Because after all, it's an inconvenience to us to have the three-year-old acting out and disturbing our world of living in the past and the future. Because that's where most people live is in the past or the future. And how many of you know Jesus Christ himself dwells on the inside of you and I and does not live in the past or the future? He lives inside of you in the present now. He can live in both because he's eternal. And the truth of the matter is you're eternal, so you can do the same. And that's why we do that in survival mode. We live in the past or the future 80% of the time or more. 
But when we live in the present, this is where the juice happens, friends. This is where the exciting bliss of the blessing starts to overtake our life because now we've centered ourselves in heart consciousness. We've centered, our, centered ourselves in Christ consciousness that says, I know the power of being fully here right now. It means that when I'm fully here right now, I'm wide open to possibility. I'm wide open to blessing. I'm wide open to the miraculous. I'm wide open being present because that's where the mind of Christ is. And so therefore, here comes the suddenlies and the quantum moments in my life because I have chosen to live here. And do you ever notice that when you live in the present moment, you're not traumatized by the past or yearning and longing for the future that's not here yet? Nothing wrong with having desires, friends. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. But when we allow our desires to keep us in the future and we're not present with our family, we're not present with our friends, we're not present with the moment in front of us, standing in front of a king or a president or a pauper, when we're not standing and posturing ourselves in the seated place, standing and seating in, in, uh, in the healthcare world or the business world, we call them stand-ups. Stand-up meetings. We have 5, 10, 15, 20-minute meetings with the team in the morning they're important because we see what's going to unfold throughout the day or what we can look to, to what we're going to put our hands to throughout the day. We may not know what's going to happen, but it's a stand-up meeting. We call them stand-up meetings for a reason. But really, most people sit down in those stand-up meetings. It's kind of, uh, you know, one of those oxymoron th things that says, okay, I'm, I, I'm, it's called a stand-up meeting, but most of us are sitting down meeting. Meaning this, guys that we stand in a posture, but we're, we're really seated in our identity. We stand before kings. We stand before the homeless. We stand before the situation at hand in front of our family, friends, relatives, children, whatever the case may be. We're standing in front of them, but we're seated in our identity in heavenly places. What that means is when I'm seated, I'm present. But I may be standing in a situation that, that in front of me that reminds me of the past family members, come on now, reminds me of the past, or they may point to a future tense like, yeah, you'll get, you'll get it together in the future. I know, John, you'll get it together in the future because, you know, we know you kind of thing. Right now, you're not really living it, but, you know, in the future. So you may be standing in the presence of somebody that's living out of a survival mentality, right? And it may remind you of something of your past. Family members are great with this, by the way. They think they, it seems like you're in a time warp and you're stuck at the place they once knew you as. Some of you leaders know this very well in your own church environment or your own business world. They think, oh, that's the person I met 15 years ago. But in reality, that's not the real you in the present moment now. Why? Because you've grown, you've changed, you've matured. And because you have, you're a different person. In fact, you're, you're the real person that you were always designed to be. It was just different to them because you th they wanted to bring you to their level, right? And most people are living in survival mode, fight, flight, freeze, because they're always dwelling out of the past trauma of the three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old traumatized, wounded self. And they're yearning and longing for a better day in the future. So they cast that onto the future. In reality, it's just the issues at hand that haven't been dealt with that keep vacillating between the two and nobody really, well, some people do, 
But majority doesn't really live in the present where the bliss happens, where the miracles happen, where the suddenlies happen, where the favor and the, the moments of absolute intoxication happen right here, right now. Because that's where Jesus lives in you, Shayla. That's where Jesus lives in you, Clyde. That's where Jesus lives in you, everyone listening. Tracy, everyone that may be on here. You know that, right? It's not rocket science. But why don't we do it? We don't do it because we're always plagued by this little thing called the mind. The traumatized mind, the wounded mind, the immature mind, whatever you want to call the mind. It's void of the mind of Christ because the mind of the Christ screams presence, screams now, screams being present because that's where the fruit of the Spirit dwells. It doesn't dwell in the past, doesn't dwell in the future. When you get to the future, whatever that looks like, it'll still be present, but it's present now because the nine dwell in the now. And that's where the bliss is. That's where the miraculous is. That's where the overtaking starts to happen in our lives in the smallest minute sense to the big, big areas of desire. Okay? What stops that from happening? Let's talk about that for a minute. What stops us? What are the blockers? What are the walls that come up in front of us from blocking that entry of those blessings overtaking us? A big part of that is, you know how in your mind, when you wake up in the morning, most of us dwell in the day before or the week before, the month before, or the 10, 20, 30 years before when we wake up in the morning. Do you ever notice that? Wake up in the morning and thoughts slam your head with, oh, man, did I say that right last night? Oh, oh, I should have called so-and-so two days ago. Oh, man, I should have took care of that yesterday. Oh, man, I should have bought the kids this. Oh, wow, I should have kept that that appointment. Man, I just, I made that person angry. When we wake up in the morning, when we're supposed to be in the now, we live in the past. And so to remedy that, What we do is we immediately wake up and we begin to sit there in silence and be present by letting that go. And as long as it takes, could take a half hour, could take an hour, could take less. We sit there and we let the walls fall down of what once was. And as the more we practice this day by day, it gets easier and easier And what happens is it opens us up to living in this present moment where Jesus actually lives inside of you, intertwined with you. It opens us up to where we go, oh man, there's nothing like this present moment. This is where gratitude starts flowing. And then we just start thanking the Lord for everything. We start thanking our best friend. We start thanking him. Even if we don't feel like it because we're dwelling on the past. Okay? This is what overcomes the past issues or dreaming for a better tomorrow. Okay, Keeps us grounded in the present because we're saying out loud, even if it's under our breath a little bit, a whisper because you have somebody that may not like that in your bed next to you, right? Or the kids are asleep, whatever. You know how to do this with discernment. Just quiet yourself and just say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for these soft blankets. Thank you. And it it starts coming up. What that does is it grounds you and centers you in the present moment. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes, friends. I'm telling you. You're like, oh, no, that's John. That's hard. That's distracting. I can't do that. I've tried that for five minutes. Well, that's the issue. You tried it for five minutes. 
the more you develop this discipline each and every day of gratitude and thankfulness, then something amazing starts to happen. The mind of Christ is begin, it begins to be worn. You begin to take it on. You begin to enter the kingdom as a child because what does a child do? A child lives present in the moment. They play and they laugh and they have joy and thankfulness and gratitude by what they have. Not a snot-nosed child that has been abused, okay? The one that's, that's been spoiled or abused, right? But the child that has been loved. And this is what I recommend too is, I want to challenge you with this. When you go back and you love that child that's been hurt and traumatized and wounded by sitting silent, God will show you that wounded area of your life. Some people don't believe in this going backwards and all that kind of stuff, but your life proves what you're living. Your life proves either you're living out of the past because you keep getting stuck, right? Or you're free enough to be present in the moment and live that way, okay? For most of us, it's an in and out. It's an in and out. I'm, I'm, I'm living for you know an hour in the present and the next hour I'm living in the past. That's okay as long as you're aware of what's happening. When you're aware of what's happening, then you can sit there in silence before the Lord and wait on him to show you that eight-year-old traumatized self. And then you can go sit with the eight-year-old or the nine-year-old or the 10-year-old that got abused or bullied or neglected or abandoned. You can go back and sit with them and love on them and be a friend to them in your mind and in your thoughts and in your heart, right? You just love on them in your heart. You carry them in your heart. What that does, my friends, is it begins to heal that part of you that is stuck in the past, okay? It's very important. This isn't some mumbo-jumbo, new-age guru garbage here. This is real life. This is living life in the Spirit and how to grow and to mature as a son and daughter in the Most High. It is, it is called living in the present moment in love. So we, we've got we've to allow the Lord to bring up these things in our lives so that we can not only send love to that child that was hurt and traumatized and wounded. Here's, here's a point. Here, here's, here's proof of this. Have you ever seen grown men and women walking around that act like children half the time? Or most of the time. You ever experience that? Maybe it's you. You look in the mirror and you're like, man, why can't I grow up? The most noticeable people are the ones that have all of these 7, 8, 9, 10, and tween year at the age ages of toys around their life. You ever notice that a full-blown, full-grown man at 40 and 45 years old loves to play video games all night long? Now, trust me, guys. I am not saying that all of them are evil. I'm not saying that all of them are wrong. I'm not saying that all of them differ from the devil. It's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if you have an addiction and you're playing those video games all night long and your loved ones are suffering because of it and you can't think of anything else but blowing heads off in this video game or playing your favorite, whatever it is, video poker, whatever, and you're doing that night after night, chances are, my friend... You might have an issue there being stuck in that eight, nine-year-old self or 10-year-old self that was deprived of having things when you were a child. And so now you're trying to make up for it as a grown adult. Okay? So what you're trying to do is fulfill something that you were void of in the past and you're creating a safety zone around your life. You're trying to create safety around you without you even realizing it. Because you didn't feel safe as a child. 
So those are blockers. Those are obstacles. Those are walls, my friends, from living in the present moment. You overcome by sitting before the Lord and allowing him to, to bring those things up so that you can look at them in the spirit and say, I love you. I'm going to sit with you until you feel loved, you nine-year-old abandoned self. You are a much-loved child of God. And I'm going to love you. And I'm going to, every time it's brought up, I'm going to continue to love you. And what that does is it heals your soul from the past. Okay? So many Christians think they are totally 100% healed because they have Jesus. Well, can I just tell you that that is an illusion? You have the fullness of Christ, but your mind and your understanding and your maturity level hasn't caught up yet. That's called paradigm, friend. And that paradigm is set in a certain place and time, and it's still growing and maturing, and you think you have 100% truth on that thing, and that's why you stand in your own 43, 44,000 plus denominations worldwide right now stuck in that denominational mindset saying, I'm right and you're wrong. And you might even say that in the mirror. Having this war with your own self. Most of the time it splashes out on social media, right? It splashes out all over the place and then we have this war with words in our threads. And we go, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. Why do we do that? We do that because we're stuck in a trauma from the past and we see things from a certain level of our growth patterns, certain level of development. And so therefore we take that truth that we've learned and we camp on it and we say, "Ooh, that scares me. So therefore I'm going to double down on my own efforts by defending what I'm saying on my thread, on social media or in front of a friend or in front of a foe, whatever. And we defend it to the point where we create division and enemies. And then what do we do? We call it the devil. We blame the devil on our own egoic stance. It's a sad day, isn't it, Kevin, when that happens? Because instead of learning like a child and staying in a flexibility and a, a learned posture where we can being flexible and being teachable, being that, that pliability all of our lives, what we do is we feel like we're being made fun of or we feel stupid when we don't know something and so we don't ask the question, oh really, tell me more about that because I'm not understanding or really, that's fascinating, I did not know that. You know that most people have a problem, a real issue with saying, I don't know. And that, my friend, Those three words will move you into the present like no other. You want to know how to live in the present and have miraculous things happen frequently? Is to say these three words, I don't know. When we posture ourselves like that, if we really don't know, but you know how we do, we act like we do or we fake it because the ego is the masquerading self and so it always loves to puff itself up. That's the issue that Jesus had with the Pharisees. You pile all these heavy loads on to people, but you won't lift a finger. You walk around here shiny on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones. The reason why he's saying that is because when you have an educated mind and you're unwilling to learn and to be teachable, then you've just 
made your own bed in an egoic stance, which is a full-blown illusion to begin with. That's why Jesus said, look, you study the scriptures day and night. You study them all the time, 24-7, and you think you really know me? I'm standing in front of you and you don't know me. You're of your father ego. Selah. Selah for a minute. Because listen, if I'm an ego, I think I know what I know and I want to deliver the ego show. Right? Because after all, I think I know something, so I want to one-up somebody else. And what we do is we one-up people all over the planet, and therefore we have COVID-19. You know, COVID-19 is just a manifestation of egoic posture. I'm not going to go there after that one. I'll just drop that rock there for a minute. We'll just leave that one for another video. You know, the reality of it is, friends, if we really want to live a spiritual life, a genuinely spiritual life that has love splashed all through it and in it and around it and and things it's supernaturally popping in front of us in our lives here and there all around us from the smallest to the most glorious, wondrous, bigger things, the only way that's going to happen is to learn how to live in the now, in the present moment, giving full attention to what is ever in front of us. And when we do that, without any strings attached to the past and the future, when we just live right here, right now, and we give full presence to it, we give full attention to it, what that does is it is it draws the strength away from ego, trying to figure things out, it sucks the life out of our egoic nature so that we can be fully present in the power of the eternal realm of who we're made of in the present life of the spirit. And so when that begins to happen day after day after day, what starts to manifest is Jesus has his hands untied. The wall has come down from receiving the good things that we long for and we desire and that Jesus has already shown us or hasn't shown us about yet. We don't know what we don't know. But it starts drawing like a vortex from the outside in. And when it starts drawing from the outside in and then we're like, uh-oh, I didn't make that happen. Exactly. It's the end of effort. It's called effortless living. And when Jesus has all, he has, by the way, the one in whom you've given your life for and served all of eternity. He has more energy than you could even think or imagine. He has all the energy in the entire cosmos to bring stuff to your life. Some of us have this weird idea that, oh, we don't want to bother God or, you know, I'm selfish and prideful if I ask him for things. Look, you can ask all day, every day if you want. But the truth of the matter is, you're only going to receive what the love of your life knows you need and want and desire according to the, 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 the maturity level that you're at. You don't give a Ferrari to a five-year-old, all right? And maybe that Ferrari is meant for somebody else. He wants you to have it five minutes to put it in your hands to give to somebody else. The John Deere tractor, whatever, okay? The... 
the $300 Kohan shoes and the Kate Spade purses. All right. Whatever it may be, that's just material things. But what's weightier is things in the spirit that drop nuggets into people's lives that transform them in a split second. Those are the things that really excite me. And I know they do too. If you have any maturity level about you, then you understand that that is what really gets you pumping and moving, right? Material things can come and go. They rust. They break down. They, you throw them away. But when you have something that comes out of nowhere because you were living in the present, I take, this is where the prophetic goes off the charts, friends. When you are present with the person in front of you, when you are present with the situation at hand, when you are fully there, you're fully in the now, and you're not trying to be seen, you're not trying to heal a wound or a trauma from your eight-year-old self, when you're present in the moment, allowing Jesus to step through the sweat of your skin and the droplets of your mouth, the frequencies of going, the, the voice going into the ear of the listener, when you're fully present with that, you can prophesy all day long. You can speak words of life all day long and they will energize you. They will not take from you. But when you live out of the ego, when you live out of your trained self because you've been so wounded, you want a safety zone around your life. So you're trying all these formulas and all these gimmicks and all this development, right? That you think is going to work, the formulas of life. And you try to deploy those while you're in front of somebody. That'll wear you out in a hot minute. That's why all these pastors are committing suicide. That's why you have people leaving the ministry by the droves. That's why you have people that are just imploding and doing crazy things because they're operating out of the life-draining egoic self. And when you do, there is no energy to go around. Maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes tops and you're done. You just want to admit that to people because you have to put on the show, right? You have to show must go on. Yeah. The show must go on. And when the show must go on, then you have to pump it up and do it bigger and better. And then all the while you're in torment inside because that's, that is not the life we were designed to live. That is the trained self that says, I have to try and build a safety wall around me because I didn't have it when I was a kid. After all, I was abandoned, I was rejected, I was abused in some way, some form. And I'm manifesting that now and, and putting everything in perfection around my life. It has to, I have to cross every T and dot every I and put all the furniture in place. I got to OCD it in my kitchen and put the knives here and the forks here. No crumbs on the kitchen floor, guys. No crumbs on the counter, children, because it's really bothering me right now. You ever been there? Yeah, I've known a few of those people myself, and it's really annoying to the person that's set free from that, but you just love them anyway, right? Because you know that you have compassion for something that you once dealt with in a different sense. See, all the, uh, the crumbs on the floor, the crumbs on the counter, having to, to get your dishes just spotless and everything lined out in the cupboards, you know where that comes from? That's not excellence, Okay. Because excellence messes something up once in a while and everything else is in, in alignment. But you just go and purposely mess something up just to just because. And it's, it doesn't bother you. But what OCD is, 
It's a manifestation of a life that was in chaos and wasn't accepted and wasn't approved and wasn't loved when they were a child. So they're trying to do stuff on the outside to bring perfection in that world to have a sense of security and safety. It will never work. Because you'll always have to be doing it bigger and better. You'll get the you get the granite countertops now that you've had the you went past the linoleum stage and you couldn't get it clean enough. So so then you went to the tile and then and then the dirt got in the in the grout and then you got tired of that and so then you went to the granite baby. You went to the granite because it's smooth and it's beautiful. It sparkles so that you can just wipe it down with your COVID disinfectant. You know what I'm saying, Kevin Brown? So we do we do these kind of things and. And, and why we do them is because we, we have to have some form of security, but we also want to know what's going to happen by figuring things out. After all, we're good at figuring things out. We think we are, right? And so when we figure something out, then we're like, oh, look, I did that. And then you and then you begin to think, well, I can do it again and then I can do it again. And I can do it again. But where's the supernatural element of that? Where's Jesus opening doors that no man could open or shut? Where is where is the supernatural life that we long for inside? Because you keep doing those things. We keep we keep bringing the ego into that moment. Then it's just building a tower of Babel that is going to come crashing down at some point because it's inevitable. The dismantling will, guaranteed at some point, will come crashing down. It will. So we might as well just let it all become dismantled now, right? And live in the now. The best thing that we can do is just to say to ourselves, that's it. I'm done. And we just let it go to live in the now. And we discipline ourselves to live in the now. And whatever happens all around us, whether it crashes, it burns up, or the apocalyptic atom bomb falls 15 feet away from us, we just say, hey, I'm good, I'm golden, because Jesus is living inside of me right here, right now. He's got this. It may not turn out the way my ego wanted. It may not even be fun, and it may be a little painful. But I'm Shadrach, and my brother's Meshach, and that I want to go over there. Well, he'll stay in here until it's time to walk out. But we're going to walk out of this thing not smelling of egoic smoke. That's the life. That's the life of a kingdom dweller. That is the life of a supernatural being. That is the life we all long for, and it's very, very possible. And notice that I didn't say the devil was blocking the way the whole time, did I? That, what, what does he have to do with it? What? Seriously, why, why should we even give him a, the time of day? Why should we give him a breath? Why should we give him our attention? Why should I give a fallen foe attention? Or an illusionary thing in my mind, right? Most of the time, it's an illusion we think some demon's around when all it was was the wind blowing, the air conditioner was on. You thought you saw a shadowy thing, but it was a curtain moving in your church service. You know what I'm saying? It was a curtain moving uh, when, when somebody was yelling at you, when your spouse was losing their mind, and you're like, oh, well, the, oh, okay, well, they're just their ego's manifesting. It's not a demon. Right? Like, okay. We're trained, friends, in certain circles to think that everything is a blame game. And when we blame, we don't take responsibility for the beauty of living in the present, which we were always meant to do. We're always p 
pointing the finger, laying blame on a spouse, laying blame on a friend, laying blame on a, on a church, laying blame on a business, laying blame on a job, laying blame on my broken back, my broken neck, my uh, tore up nerves, my, my health condition, you know, COVID, the masks, whatever. We lay blame on it because... It's the easiest thing to do for ego. It keeps pumping that adrenaline, junky, drug-addicted needle in our arms saying, who are you going to blame today? Who are you going to point the finger at? Whose problem is it today? Instead of saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am intertwined in oneness with the most powerful force in the universe. The most powerful force inside of me. Even better. The mind of Christ. It's not gained through formula. It's not even gained through scripture pounding and chewing up and doing that for hour upon hour. Because you know what happened to the Pharisee, right? It's about being present and absorbing the moment. Leaning in and surrendering to what is in the moment. Each and every moment, that, my friend, is trust and faith. It's scary, John. It's scary. It's so scary, I don't know what to do. I can't do that because I have obligations and responsibilities. Well, your obligations and responsibilities will drastically change when you learn how to let Jesus actually lift the heavy weight in your life. You ever notice that when you spend time having fun, in a, in a real clean sense and you're just enjoying the day and you're relaxed and you're surrendered, that things are taken care of for you? Well, well, yeah, that's what love wants to do for you. What's love got to do with it? Well, that he's got everything to do with it because he wants to do everything for you. Well, John, I'm lazy. I can't do that. I, that's called laziness. God helps those who help themselves. Well, where'd you hear that from? Is there truth in that? Listen, my wife doesn't have to do anything for me. She doesn't have to do a thing for me. And I want to give her everything possible, everything imaginable. My friends, my close friends, I want to do, even if they need a new car, I want to buy them a new car. If I had the cash, I'd buy them a new car. They don't have to do anything. They don't jump through any hoops. In fact, they don't even have to get off the couch and stop eating potato chips. And I want to buy them a new car. That's the external material things. What about the nuggets of transformative truth that I just want to drop when the Lord prompts me to drop? You don't have to do some formula to do it. Hey, John, you got a word for me? Tell you what puts puts up, and I know people mean well, okay? But what puts up a wall quicker than anything for the mature is to keep begging for some prophetic word from somebody that that is that is a little mature, right? Keep begging for it. Keep asking for it. Because they know, they can smell that, like, wait a minute, no, you don't need me in the equation. Let me do that freely without strings attached. Let me do that out of the prompting of my heart because then I'll know it's Jesus rather than me trying to manufacture something potentially because I'm under pressure. That's why, I, I don't want to get it, just listen to the prophetic thing I did the other day about the prophetic uh, ministry and stuff like that. It'll tell you a lot about prophetic activations and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, friends, that there is a way to really live in the moment that brings about heavy lifting 
scenarios that would have took you five years to get done. He can do it in five seconds because we've learned how to be healed from the inner child, okay, that wasn't receiving love in the moment at your eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old self, okay, seven-year-old, five-year-old, whatever, was not receiving the love because of a wounded parent or guardian, okay? And so when we learn to let those things be loved by sending love of my adult self and holding that child self when the Lord shows it to me, when I do that, I become more healed than ever. And each time I do that, I become more mature, I become more healed, and I become more present. And when I become more present, that means I'm collected into the now. And I'm reintegrated to the moment of health and wholeness as a mature adult. And now I'm ready for the meat of the word of the living God inside of me in friendship. Okay? And when he speaks, now it's no longer servants, it's friend. And friends do what for friends? They bring him things without strings attached. They bring him things without jumping through hoops or sowing a $1,000 offering, friends. See, there is no formula in a healed relationship. There is no formula. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a jumping through hoops formula for the best friend that you have on the planet, right? I mean, you can say that true in the natural. How much more in the spirit? Jesus in me and me in him. There's no strings attached whatsoever. For God so loved the world that he gave without strings. <laughs> he gave without strings. While we were yet lost in our egoic self, he died for us. Okay? That's without strings. We didn't have to do anything for that. And so think about yourself. Think about your life right now and where you're at. Are you struggling? Are you really having a difficult time of just knowing what's next? Well, instead of knowing what's next and wanting to know what's next, then just say out loud what you're full of right now. Like full of pain. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I'm traumatized. I'm, I feel abandoned. I feel, I feel angry. I'm upset. I'm, I'm confused. I'm, I'm in a life of chaos. I'm, I don't understand what's going on. If you just speak those things out, you'll feel, number one, much better. But then you'll be honest enough with the eternal realm in the now. You'll be honest with Christ. You'll be honest with yourself, your real self. You'll be honest enough to draw you into the present moment. Okay? And then the next step will come, friends. See, that's humbling yourself and letting ego fall to the wayside that wants to figure everything out. And that's humbling yourself enough to be wide open for the next step of instruction for your life. So many people want to jump through the instruction. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I have to know. I have to know. I have to know. I need to know it now. I've got to get moving in life because I'm getting old. I don't have any money and I'm suffering. I hate suffering. I hate the pain. And we all feel that way sometimes, right? That's human nature. But when we center ourselves in this present moment and let the ego go, let the pain and the trauma of the wounding go by saying it out loud, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, and then loving the child that was hurt and traumatized and wounded, 
we come to this beautiful moment of maturity that opens the door for unlimited possibility. Where you were trying to get that business started and it took you five years to no avail. Guess what happens in five minutes or five weeks or five months? Boom, here it is. The key is to not figure the outcome out. The key is to let go of the outcome. The key is to not try to formulize your next step because if you're trying to formulize something, if you're trying to plan for five years from now, it's okay to have dreams and desires, that's different. If you're trying to plan everything out to feel safe and secure and to think you're gonna get money, huh, that's not gonna work, friends. Been there, done that, wore that bad baby out and it just left me more confused and frustrated and hurt and wounded and angry. You ever been there? Yeah. Try it the exact opposite. Say that you're mad and frustrated, angry, abandoned, whatever, and then wait. Send love to that young boy or that young girl that was hurt and wait upon the Lord for he is good. Wait upon him. If it takes a day or three years, it doesn't matter. Wait upon the Lord. And boom, here comes the next step. You'll see it in your spirit. It'll overtake you through an individual. You'll see it in a dream. Something will spark through a book or a video message. And boom, there it is. There it is. See? That's how you dismantle ego. And that's how you live in the now. Love you guys. Hope that helped you. Please let me know through your comments. If, if it helped, you have other questions. Feel free to comment. Love to hear them. We're here for you. We love you. We understand. We've been through some very difficult challenges ourselves. And I can tell you what has worked to this point and what does not flat out work. Okay, I've seen more results in doing what we just talked about than I have in my entire life of trying to do it myself through effort. It is the end of effort. Love you.